I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like more surgery, maybe? I don't know. I've been offered more surgery, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. you have. I don't know if the doctor considers it an offer. If the status is remains the way it is, she wants to repair things. Right. Again. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Last week's episode was not so good quality. So to recap, the last round of surgery. The last round of surgery was very last minute, fly by the seat of your pants. What's happening? It was. You had a plane ticket booked for Monday just in case they were going to do the thing. And then on Monday morning, they late morning, they tell you, okay, we're doing the thing. And you're like, oh, good. I'm glad I have this ticket for Monday afternoon. Right. Right. Because they had not told me until Friday that they were probably doing it. Well, well, they they might have told me Wednesday. Can you do this next Wednesday? They weren't quite clear about if it was really going to be Wednesday. And and then by Friday, I got I pried out of them that they did need labs and EKG. Right. And like, they still did not have confirmation. And they typically don't want to send you for these things until they have confirmation. Right. But also, if you needed to go out of town in two days, and two of those days are a weekend. (laughs) Yeah, getting labs and an EKG had to be done Monday morning. So I did those. And then by the time I did them, I did have confirmation that yes, we're a go for Wednesday. And they were waiting on something from the hospital. So I was on the surgeon's schedule. The insurance was even a go. Yeah. They, they might which have been is kind of wild. They might have been the first ones on board, which was super weird. Oh, yeah. And like, not only that, but now you have like your approval for your next stage, your actually next planned stage, not just your next repairs stage. Your Mons lift is already approved. Yes, my next repairs are not already approved. Correct. Yes. <laughs> but we'll see if we need those repairs because here's what happened. You flew out on Monday, you went to your pre-op Tuesday, you went to surgery Wednesday, you went to two weeks of hyperbarics. Yes. And that had you doing really, really well. Well, it did until about 10 days in when I had where the stitches had torn last time. Mm -hmm. I had a little piece of skin come open and I didn't see any stitches. All I saw was an opening. Right. Behind the scrotum, which would be the vaginectomy area. Yes. So uh, I let the APRN know at the hyperbarics. They they observed it. They took photos because I did have that approved. Mm Mm-hmm. And they sent it to the doctor and I completed my hyperbarics and I went to her on Friday. Yes. Yeah. And she she's she was really uh confounded as to how it was open when there were no stitches. They they were either absorbed or had just gone away. Yeah. That was really confounding. And so she showed Vinny mm-hmm. and you, and Vinny took a video to show me mm-hmm. how to use silver nitrate as a treatment for this hole that had opened up. Yes. By irritating the area. Hopefully it would grow itself back over like it would see that irritant as the cause to grow more tissue to prevent more irritation. Right. And as you just said, she showed Vinny, she showed me, and she showed Vinny for the video, which meant we did, did it three times. So uh, so you were good and irritated. <laughs> I was good and irritated. Oh my gosh. Especially after riding in the car. 
yes. back to Vinny's to pick up the dog and then riding in the car for several hours to get home to you. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's good that you had figured out to lay down in the back of the car because the first day you went to hyperbarics, Vinny had taken you and you came home to Vinny's and you were like, oh my gosh, I am in so much pain. This is terrible. And then I arrived because I was coming to visit you at Vinny's mm-hmm. and I did some research and said, okay, yeah, this, this is something that happens as your body acclimates to pressurizing, depressurizing, repressurizing. You, you're going to have a little bit of pain your first couple of sessions. But, you know, you decided at that point, once you realized that it wasn't a bad reaction to the hyperbarics, it was just a potential side effect, then you decided that you were going to stick it out for a few more tr- attempts. Yeah, you and Vinny talked me into that. And I said, okay, because I, I didn't consider myself... Um, Qualified for thinking, considering I was on pain meds. So Vinny and I were not on pain meds, and we presented the evidence to you and said, here's our judgment, and you said, okay, I agree. Yes. And so we did try and take you back, but over the course of a couple days, you realized that you really needed to not be sitting up in the car on the, like, somewhere between half hour and two hour drive to get there on the weekends. It was closer to a half hour. Yeah. And typically in the mornings with Vinny, it was about uh, 45 minutes or an hour. And on the way back, it was an hour to some ungodly amount. Because you had to drive through San Francisco to the Bay Bridge to get to Oakland. Yes. And that was just ugly. Yeah, it was. At the end of the day when, you know, it's five o'clock rush hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so by yeah. that point, it was good that you were not sitting with all of your internal organs weighing down on your PC muscles, weighing down on your surgery space. Yes, I was laying in the back. You were. Yeah. So during the week, Vinny would take you and they would work remotely from that office. Mm-hmm. And there were these recliners. There were recliners. There were, oh, six or eight recliners there. And they were small, like my recliner that lives at Vinny's right now. That we took there for you to recover in. (laughs) In March, but a different material and a different weight. But my recliner is, it's pretty easy to operate. You you push back very gently. It works very easily. And it's a little more weighted on the bottom. And the reason we know this is because Vinny, with their EDS, could not push it back. They couldn't find a way for their hands and forearms to press against the armrests while pushing their upper body back to get the recliner to recline. Because it was the kind that doesn't have the lever, it was just you push it and it goes. Correct. So they couldn't do the thing. They couldn't push it back. But they wanted it to go back, so testosterone needs to come with a warning label. You know, go ahead. Vinny did something I would never expect from Vinny. They went and decided to catapult, like toss themselves into the chair. Like, you know, you hold your arms down on the side and you throw yourself at something. I, I don't know what oh they were. God. They did this thing. They like and, torpedoed themselves. Yes, torpedoed. They torpedoed themselves into the chair oh with this idea that they were going to make it push back and lay in it. I don't like face first. Oh, my God. And what happened was instead they knocked the chair over and fell out of it. <laughs> and I, I just sat there because I can't move. I, right. I, I probably still had the catheter, so I could barely move. And so I, normally I would get up and help Vinny, you know, like, hey, man, you fell down. Uh, <laughs> okay, you threw yourself on the floor. But 
I was just kind of like, wow, you would have never done that. A year ago would never, we no, would never see before Vinny doing anything like that. No, I would never see you making that kind of a And they're like weird... an engineer. They understand how like powers and forces and movement and things work. Yes. <laughs> But like, this is a thing, though. You do all sorts of things that you never would have done. And this was a thing that we talked about when you were first transitioning was that Mm -hmm. you you were making all sorts of, oh, my God, you're a dumb man now. Yeah. Sometimes I think testosterone can make you stupid. Maybe there's too many qualifiers there and we should just admit that it does. But yeah. I don't think it always does. And I don't think it, you know, it depends on what kind of stupid. And I think it's... I've known Vinny a long time, okay? Okay. Consciously known them. Yes. And they would never do such a weird, let me throw myself at something. Let me let me catapult myself into the air at an object. Right. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and this, so anyhow, yeah, they went and, on the floor, yeah, and um, yeah, I, I they think, didn't get hurt, so it's I okay. think the qualifiers are useful because I would say for some values of the word stupid, yes, <laughs> not all, not all, but so, after so all, that was a gendery thing, that was a gendery thing, like as far as I'm concerned, that was ridiculous. And then when I finally got to bring you home, and you were doing really good for a couple days, but then I, I was good for more than a couple days, wasn't it a week? It was like a week, yeah. I was home a week and three days at that point. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden... So you were like nearly a month out from your surgery. Yeah. And um, I, I went to, to pee and I thought there's not as much pressure as usual here. And I seemed to be dripping. And then I was like, shit, I have a leak. Again. In the same place. Another One- urethral fistula. Yeah fuck? I know. I, I couldn't believe it. I was beside myself. Yes. And so I sent a message in the portal to the surgeon's office that night with a photo of what I could take a photo of it in the in the mirror, like the magnifying mirror in the bathroom because you were out of town. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to send them something right away. And then Monday, I didn't hear from anybody. I couldn't get a hold of anybody there. I tried to call and talk to an MA and ended up leaving a message. And I, I still needed, I needed to get you from the airport and stuff like that. So there was other things going on. I decided I already have a freaking leak. I might as well just drive the car. So I went and got you from the airport. Does it hurt much to drive the car? It doesn't. If I have the cushion slightly crooked and I'm sitting slightly crooked, which you... was an accident. I sat down in the car the other day and the cushion was a little bit wrong, but I was already sitting. And what I do know is once you sit down, do not move around to adjust things. Stay there until you can get out of the car and fix something. So the next time I got out of the car, I fixed it, sat on the cushion and was like, no, actually cricket is the right way and move the cushion back. And the cushion that you have is like a gel cushion that you got off of Amazon. And you ended up buying two of them because when I came home the last time, you left it in my car after I dropped you off after your hyperbarics. I took you home from hyperbarics on on a Sunday, and then I gathered up my things, and I came back here to our house and left you there for your final week of hyperbarics. Right, and, and my, my cushion was in the car. And so you had to get a second one to be able to tolerate the ride to and from Vinny's. Well, I didn't have the cushion for two days. I did order one right away, but I didn't have it for two days. Well, actually, I looked at ordering it right away. It wasn't going to come till Tuesday. So I thought, I'll try the cushion at the hyperbarics place. And it wasn't comfortable, so I ordered it. In the meantime, that's when I found there was an opening. And I felt it first. I came home on that Tuesday, and I felt that pinching feeling. I, I, I 
felt for three months before that, mm-hmm. four months. I'd like to stop counting. And <laughs> I looked and, and there was a freaking hole there. I was so not good with that. No, you called me like completely distraught. Mm-hmm. You were very unhappy. I was. Fortunately, I could have the it, the APRN look at it the next day and message the doctor and so forth. But the idea was, like I said earlier, to finish the week out with the hyperbarics, hoping it would close it. Mm-hmm. It didn't. And then we got to silver nitrate. Yes. And so that was the one behind the scrotum at the vaginectomy site. Right. Which, as we've been using the silver nitrate, does seem to be closing. Mm-hmm. But then you had the other one open up. Right. And I thought I learned from the doctor's application of the silver nitrate to be careful. And then I had you do it before you left town on that Wednesday mm-hmm. after I was home with you. Yep. But I should have put a barrier cream on mm. in the areas it didn't need to burn me. And I didn't. And I was really sorry. Mm. Uh, more than once because I don't seem to be learning. Hello, testosterone. Duh. <laughs> I, I don't learn? know how much of that is actually testosterone dumb and how much of that is just like you have way too many things on your plate and you're so like emotionally exhausted from the year of never ending surgery. Yeah. That your cognition is of questionable capacity. Like you just don't have the bandwidth to remember it at any given time. Sometimes you can, but most of the time you can't. Right. Yeah. Cause I was, I was trying to consider if I should put some on tonight because when I sent the message in the portal after I found the leak, I sent a message in the portal saying, and now I also have a leak. So please send in a referral to hyperbarics right, right away. Mm-hmm. And let me see if that'll close it. And I didn't hear from them right away. But in the meantime, what I did on Monday, is I called the hyperbarics place here and said, what is it you're going to need from me? And what is your procedure? So I will know what to expect, you know, in this process. You know? mm-hmm. And they said, we need the referral. And then we will have you come in and do an intake with the doctor. And then we will get the insurance approval and get, get you going. Mm-hmm. So they called me on Tuesday, the next day. I spoke to the MA that morning. She sent the hyperbaric orders over right away. And I had sent her a picture mm-hmm. in the in the portal of the leak hole. And the hyperbarics place said, hey, we've got your orders, so we're going to set you up for an intake at 4.30. Then they called me back and changed it to 1.30, which was fine. Right. Because you're, you're gone at work that day anyway. So mm-hmm. I just took myself over there and had an intake and I just come home and lay down in between things. Yes, because you are still recovering from a major surgery. And so like you don't have as much energy to do like anything, even just drive across town and sit in an office for an intake appointment. Well, that and it hurts to sit, which has been status quo since March. I mean, I didn't even try to sit in hyperbarics. Right. I knew better. So now you've been home for just over two weeks, and I was gone for five days of that. Mm -hmm. And you got yourself to a hyperbarics intake, and you'll be starting hyperbarics this coming week. Yes. So after they got you set up for hyperbarics in hopes that that would help this fistula, the surgeon apparently had taken a look at all of these communications between you and the MAs and whoever else. Right. And so the MA calls me, I think, Wednesday or Thursday. So Just like a couple days ago. days after they get everything sent to hyperbarics and then get me set up, they the, the MA calls me and says, so the doctor has looked at the photo and wants to redo it. And I was like, wow, okay. And I think that the MA sounded a little surprised to me too. Like, hey, I had to call you right away because the doctor just looked at this and said, oh no, I need to fix that for him. So I was glad because now I know it's going to be fixed either way. Right. Either the hyperbarics will fix it or they'll schedule me for another surgery. But I really don't want an 
another surgery. If I have to have one, then I want to get it done. Yeah. But if I can get it to close this week and not go, I, I would like to stop playing the game of surgery. I would like you to be able to sit up without pain, whichever way that happens. I would like to stop leaking and having too many holes. I mean, wasn't that the point of this? Yes. Okay, then. I would like you to feel more comfortable in your body and in your space and in your ability to move around and do things. That was also the point of this, to yes. feel more comfortable in my body. Is it working yet? You know, I am so used to this pain that when it's not like at a 20 on the scale of 1 to 10, I feel pretty good. And then I realize, wait, I can't sit up. Maybe not. Yeah. And, and what we're at right now is you have to check and see if I have a leak still or not. Mm-hmm. Because I spent a few days trying to stop the leak by holding it shut and I couldn't stand to pee. Yes. Because I just was a very leaky faucet. Yeah. As soon as we're done recording. You, you have to go see if I'm I'm leaking. going to go and stand in the shower stall with you and crouch next to you while you pee to see where everything is coming out from. Yes. And then after that, we're going to clean up and then I'm probably going to apply silver nitrate again. Possibly. We have to talk about that. I okay. need to look it up and see if that's okay to do if I'm having having hyperbarics in the morning. Yes. You might have to do it tomorrow. Like I might have to do it after I get home tomorrow instead. Right. I might need like a whole 24 hour period and a lighter application of it or something mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking with some barrier cream. Yes. So yeah, it might be closing because I didn't get a chance to check it again until yesterday. And then you weren't here to, I, when I went to check it yesterday, I had enough pressure back. I thought, oh, maybe the leak is gone. So then I drank a whole bunch of everything so I could pee more to see if that was true. And by then I wasn't sure anymore if I was depressurizing and did have a leak or just was tired of peeing or what the hell was happening. I don't know. Right. Was I peeing too many times and making the leak pop back out? I don't know. Don't know. So we'll have to we'll have to this. take a look. We don't know what's happening anymore. We don't, but we'll figure it out because we always do. Yeah. So if they call you tomorrow and say, yes, we want to get you back in for surgery, mm-hmm. you're going to say... Well, first I need to know, do they need labs and EKG again? Because they'd ha- I have some labs from the endo again that just came in the mail, but the instructions are to do them in December. Mm-hmm. This is not December. Correct. I could do them anyway. Nobody could stop me. Correct. And they would send me new labs for December. Yes. I could, you know, pop over to my APRN that's nearby and get an EKG. At least that's likely. I don't have it scheduled, so there's no certainty. Right. But it's likely I could. But it'd be nice to have a minute to do that. And it would also be nice to have a week of the hyperbarics first. Mm Mm-hmm. So I need to know, I have some questions for them, like, and I have no idea. They're talking about, hey, can you do this Wednesday? And they're going to tell me on a Monday. Again. Again. Um, <laughs> but I don't have a plane ticket this time. Are we talking about next week? I mean, I need to know when they're talking about. And so your and, plan is, or at least what you explained to me earlier, mm-hmm. is to tell them you can't do it this coming week. Mm-hmm. You can do it the following week, but you want to wait till you've had a week of hyperbarics to see if it's still necessary. Mm-hmm. And and so you'll take the schedule, take the appointment for surgery yes. a week and a half out Yes. and cancel it if you don't need it. Yes. And I'm sure they'd be good with canceling it if I don't need it. I'm sure they would too. The other thing that you were thinking is if you are going to need it, you're going to need it sooner than later because we have a trip in October. So you want to have been recovered yes. for over a month by then. I do. I also wanted to go to a ball game in September, which may or may not be interrupted by whether or not I do or don't have a leak and do or don't have another extra surgery. There's a lot of questions. There are a lot of questions. There's a whole lot of stuff that's still up in the air 
and unknown right now. And mm-hmm. I seem to have an easier time with a lot of that than you do. Like you tend to ruminate on like, well, if it goes this way or if it goes that way or what I'm going to do about or calendar this and dates and times that and like that part. It's funny because I have a really hard time with like plans that change. Mm-hmm. But if the plan is to be flexible and know that things might change, then I'm okay. <laughs> It's I'm glad. Weird. I'm glad somebody's okay. Yeah, it's not you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I've not been ruminating too much. I just tell you what I think it should be, and you say if that's a good plan or not, or you ask questions. And so that is the current plan. Although I have no idea what their plan is, and they may not have an idea what their plan is. You know, a scheduler that schedules surgeries months out, that's presented with, "Hey, we need to fit this guy in now again." What happened last time was really so many changes. You were you were not good with those. I was so, having a really hard time. Yeah. At least this time we know that there are potential a lot of things up in the air. And Correct. None of them are going to be decided until the last minute. Yes. Very good. Yeah. And we'll get there. Yeah, we will get there. We, we'll get there one way or the other. Yep. So I appreciate that the surgeon wants me to get there. I appreciate that too. Yeah. I appreciate that you are determined to make this have a good outcome, even though it seems to be taking a lot more time and effort than was originally expected. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, I thought I was going for the, the easier surgery. <laughs> It still is. Yeah, it is still easier, but it's not as easy as, as I was hoping. And and I think, you know, I was talking to the gender navigator at the hospital, I was texting with them last week about some things, and, and uh, they said, you know, lots of people don't like to talk about complications. They like it to be a one-and-done thing, and it's, it's often not for us. Right. So there you have it. So once we know more, we'll be back at a microphone. Yes. But until then, is that it for now? I think that's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Hi. Hi. Can you tell me about breakfast or something so I can check? We went out to breakfast. We did go out to breakfast. Yeah. We added that to our date. We did. It was nice. Yeah. I like having a date with you. It was good. Me too. I'm sorry that you came home and felt unhappy. I felt wiped out. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah. Are we good? Yes, dear. Hi. I'm Jess. And I'm George. And then... You found a leak. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to talk about something stupid I did and I didn't remember. No. Okay. I was waiting for you to tell me what stupid thing I did. Oh my I'm like, God. what did I do? I don't remember. The, oh, uh, you're not the one making stupid choices today. Go ahead. Neither are you, so... I'm glad you think so. Continue. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs>